Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson. On your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, uh, the Steelers uh, getting some uh, very interesting news today from uh, practice. Encouraging news, yeah. Very encouraging news. Minka Fitzpatrick, a full participant in practice that? today. Wow. So did he have the procedure done on Sunday or Saturday? Saturday? Okay. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about my, my modern medicine, but... He's not sitting in a chair podcasting right now. He's doing some pretty physical, pretty extensive physical activity. I give him all the credit in the world. Yeah. Now he still has to be cleared by doctors to mm-hmm. who have to say it's okay to go out and. Well, I mean, there's one thing. It's one thing to go out and run around. Sure. It's another thing to go throw your body around and hit people and tackle Joe Mixon yeah. and right, yeah, <laughs> cover T. Higgins and right, exactly things of that nature. Right, yeah. right. But he also has a couple days more to heal. Yeah, so uh, wow, that's great. looking up in that respect, and as you recall, uh, the first game against the Bengals this season, well, Minka Fitzpatrick was pretty impactful in that game. Yeah, a little bit of an influence on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be the first time we actually see the true three-safety package, too, I would imagine. you know, I mean, Yeah, there's potential for that. Yeah, there's right. potential for all kinds, all kinds of good of stuff. stuff. Right, uh, right. Um, that's great news. You would expect uh, that the Steelers – wouldn't have to blitz Joe Burrow as much. I would assume blitz percentage is going to drop drastically. Yeah. Especially against that line they're playing, too. I mean, they're going to get home a lot, I think. In that week one matchup, mm-hmm. the Steelers pressured Joe Burrow 36.7% on 36.7% of his dropbacks. Wow. They blitzed on 11.7% of his dropbacks. Yeah, right. I mean, they were getting there with four. Yes. A lot. I mean, when, this, <laughs> when this defense is right... And healthy and rolling, I don't think they want to blitz much, you know. And that's where it was in week one. I mean, they came in healthy, and you know, TJ they didn't know TJ was about to get hurt and all these things. I don't think they want to be a blitz heavy. Yeah, they blitzed even less last week Mm -hmm. uh, in the two games now with TJ Watt on the field this season. They have blitzed nine point seven percent of the time. Okay, and yet they have a thirty two point three percent pressure. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it says all you need to know. And a nine point seven percent sack percentage mm-hmm. uh in the passer rating allowed uh, against them allowed is 45.5 interesting 
With yep. Watt off the field, they blitzed 27.1% of the time, mm-hmm. so three times as much. Three times as much, right. But they only get their 19.3% or pressure 19.3% of the time and had a sack percentage of 39 I said the sack percentage is really low. Yeah. I mean, it's night and day. That's actually a, that's one of my off-season spreadsheets. I have a column for blitz for all 32 teams, a column for you pressure rate. <laughs> I know, big time. And sacks. And, and you can really tell, like, the Raiders last year were bottom, bottom, bottom in the league in blitz. But they were about middle of the road in sacks yeah. and pressure. It's like, well, that's They could get phenomenal. there with four, right, yeah. All right, Max Crosby had a big year. You know, I mean, I think you can tell a lot by that over the course of 17 games. You know, sorting them different ways and be like, who stands out? And, boy, they're not getting any pressure and they're blitzing like crazy. Like the Lions yeah. blitzed like crazy last year, got no pressure. Well, you draft Aiden Hutchinson second overall. You know, there you go. Not yeah. much better, but still. <laughs> uh, the Steelers' secondary versus the Blitz. Um or on blitzes this season, I should say. By the way, Burrow kills the blitz. He cl- kills the blitz. Yeah. Uh, when they've run, when they blitzed though this year, uh, the man coverage percentage is 82.7 percent of the time. Okay. So yeah. they're they're Still playing pretty common, right? Yeah, yeah, they're playing man behind pretty it. much when they blitz behind it. The target separation number one in the league, just two point five. Yeah, I saw that today yeah. too. I thought that was really interesting. In so the their open coverage percent, has been yeah. great during blitz. Yeah, when they're one blitzing, like yeah. Uh, they've they've done a good job, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have to blitz now, and that's kind of the beauty mm-hmm. of it. Now you can take that extra guy or two mm-hmm. and put them in coverage. Right. I mean, we always think of Minka as a deep middle guy, but he could lurk. I mean, he does a lot of that too. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you can creep up and take away crossing routes, things like that as well. I mean, in this case, you don't need a spy necessarily for Burrow. Not if, that he can't if you run, remember, but... Matt, in that first game when the Steelers picked Burrow off four times, mm-hmm. a lot of it was them jumping patterns. Being very aggressive. Being very aggressive. Putting the foot in the ground and yeah. attacking the ball in the air, right? Yeah. You know, as opposed to, I'll let him catch it and make sure I get him on the ground. Yeah, they were That's going after the football. They were. And more people, you know, in coverage past the line of scrimmage makes that a little easier. You know, right. If I miss a tackle here or Somebody's going to get this ball, guy down. Right. Oh, And oh, by the way, you take Jamar Chase out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Who is their best run after the catch guy. Right. And he's tremendous. Yeah, might player, be the best yeah. run after the catch guy in the league. Yeah, yeah. He's I mean, a he's a top five receiver yeah. at a minimum. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, that that part all sets up really well because you don't want to blitz Burrow. Right. I mean, he does kill it. Um, you don't want to be short on coverage, especially when they have chase. But even so, they're still dangerous receivers. So, no, that's a it, – it, it's one of the ma- many massive ripple effects of Watt coming back. Yeah. Um, I, I just – that just – I, I – as we were doing a video earlier today, I, I, I'm watching the Minka Fitzpatrick pick early in the game. I'm like, oh, that's right. These are, This was the game where they were just attacking the football like crazy. It was a real different yeah. mentality, you know, again, of just trying to undercut everything, you know, really attacking the ball in the air. Um, I assumed they played a lot of zone in that game. I'd have to go back and look. And yeah. Just eyes on, the, eyes on the quarterback, attack downhill, and try to pick some off, and they did. And they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thus far this season against the AFC North, Joe Burrow. This is startling too. This is this is unbelievable. Yeah. He's 0-3 against the AFC North. Yep. He's averaged uh 6.4 yards per pass attempt. His pa- touchdown to uh interception ratio is five to six. Obviously the mm-hmm. game against the Steelers sure, skewed that skewed a little this, bit. Yeah. Right. So passer rating of seventy seven point five, and he's been sacked four point seven times a game in those games. Okay. Outside the division, yeah, they're five and one. I say they're killing it against non-division opponents. Yeah, his yards per attempt is eight point three. 
13 touchdowns, no interceptions. I know. Isn't that insane? So 117.3 passer rating, sacked 2.7 times in those games. So I'll take it up as, even up in another level because I think this is really an interesting topic. They're averaging 16.7 points scored against AFC North teams, which is three games. It's not one. Right. Well, they're just under 30 points against everybody else. I mean, it's almost double. I mean, it's 14 points difference. My When I read that, I thought, well, maybe it's a small sample size. It's only three. Okay. But then I start thinking about it, and the Tate nerds out there will tell you, especially the first six games or so, that this was a very predictable offense. You know, that, that they had some tells of, you know, it, it was as bad as when, when I almost called him Carson Palmer, when Burrow was under center. <laughs> he didn't do very well either. <laughs> no. High, high percentage of run when he was under center. And then shotgun, very, very high percentage of pass. Well, now he never goes under center. And, yeah. and there were some people that even spotted Mixon stands different when he's going to get the ball. You know, like, so I wondered, because of those things I'd heard before, the other teams of division to have a book on this team more than others, you yeah. know, like you play against them enough, and that's what happens. And it happens yeah. in all divisions, in, in but, every right. sport. It happens. You know, there are always tells. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. one thing. You know, when I'm when I'm coaching baseball now, uh, I'm watching the pitcher. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? Uh, you know, when he throws his curveball, does he? You know, does he, does he hold his glove? Or, we're we're ball playing ever. a game. I think it was last year. Maybe it was the year before, where every time a kid would throw his fastball. As he was coming down, he would double tap his glove. When mm-hmm. he threw his curveball, he didn't double tap the glove. Okay. Like little things, it's things you wouldn't think about, but right, it's, right, it's right. obvious if you're looking for them. And that's what quality control guys are doing all week. Yeah. Is things like that, sorting data. Like I was being a nerd with the sack stuff, but way deeper, as well as watching the tape. Do these two correlate? You know. Well, to that like point, that. who won the division last year? Oh, sure. The Bengals. The Bengals, right? So you spend the off season studying the Bengals because yeah. that's the team you got to catch. Yep. Um, I remember the first year I did anything in the world of football, I was a volunteer for Duquesne. And I would just do whatever. You know, like if if our defensive back coach who drove a bread truck didn't show up, I was a defensive back coach that day. Or I'd get the bags ready for the guys. But I watched all the recruiting tape, of course, which I later did in life. And I would always watch the opponent and just kind of get any idea. And it was I was so proud of myself. I ran over to Greg Catuso like on a Wednesday. I'm like, their left guard, when he puts his – every run – he he leans heavy on his right on his down hand, and you can see the white of his knuckles. And otherwise, he's like super light on it. Yeah. I'm like, and, he, and after the game, he's like, "Dude, you were so right. I told all the guys that during the game." Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, "All right, maybe I can do something <laughs> in this world." You know? Yeah, <laughs> but that's those. Pop. I mean, those are the things that you look for. I yeah. mean, you know, it's like I tell my my catchers, like if you see that the the batter who is typically back in the batter's box, mm-hmm. or at least even with the plate, if he's up a little bit in front of the plate, he's probably bunning. Yeah, it makes sense. Because you want to bunt the ball straight down and have it mm-hmm. in, be in fair territory. That's that's one of the tells on whether a guy's bunting or not. Okay. Um, I'm sure base runners have all kinds of tells. Oh, yeah. You know, you know and there's things that you can look. You know, right, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you look at the pitcher. You, okay, you start to time up his delivery home, mm-hmm. those kind of things, and you can just steal the base. The catcher can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're timing it up off the pitcher. You're yeah. stealing off the pitcher, not the catcher. Same thing here that, that obviously – the AFC North teams might know a little more something about Burrow. And maybe beyond that, his offensive line and maybe the Bengals' hots. Oh, yeah. And that's right, why right. And that's why, the, the, that's why the sacks are up a little bit. They Okay, mm-hmm. we know if we're, if, if we're coming on him or if he wants to get rid of the ball quickly, he's going to Tyler Boyd in the slot on this slant every time. Yeah, 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 so yeah, we yeah. cover that up. Mm-hmm. 
he he has nowhere to go. He holds the ball an extra second. We get the we get the sack. We used to blitz him this way, but now we're going to blitz him with Bush bailing as hard as possible to the slant. Yeah, you know, and maybe disrupt the ball or he double clutches it, sack whatever. Right. You know? Absolutely. I mean that's that's coaching. I mean that's what they do all week is that kind of stuff. You know, and those numbers and just what people have said about this team make me think that the division might know the Bengals better than the Bengals know the division. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Oh, I, mean? I mean they've. You know, the games – really, I know the Steelers game ended up 23-20 in overtime. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that close. No, no, they put a whipping on them pretty yeah. early there. I yeah. mean, it was it was a pretty thorough beating of that offense. Yeah. I mean, Burrow, Burrow got hit and hit yeah, and hit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not the same, but there's definitely – I'm a big believer that when you play Lamar Jackson the first time – you're at a massive distance. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Without a doubt. Yeah. If you look at his record in his first start. He's never lost to an NFC team the first time he's played him. Right. Because right, you know, right. they just don't. I mean, again, you, you can watch it. on it during practice. Yeah, you can watch it on tape, and, but you don't realize how fast mm-hmm. he is until you get on, the, and then he's running by you. And nobody plays that style of offense right. with them. And but, you don't have anybody on your scout team that can simulate that. No, not even close. <laughs> I mean, 100%. So, no, I think there's a lot of that type of stuff. I mean, if you're familiar with Jackson, I bet the Eagles are sort of like that, too, because they play differently than everybody else. Or maybe Atlanta this year, you know, that kind of play a different brand. Or Chicago. If you've never played it, it's like, I'm not used to this. Or a team that plays a lot of fullback, you know, a lot of two-back, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just interesting. Burrow, when sacked four-plus times in a game since 2021, and there's plenty of those instances, by the way. Two and seven. Two and seven. Nine times he's been he's taken four or more sacks. Mm-hmm. We were asked on a Steel Alive today, over under, what we say, three and a half, I think, was yeah. the line. We, I think we all went over. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like we were being homers. I went under on Najee's rushing yard. So did you. You know, like, I could easily envision four sacks. Yeah. Uh, when under four sacks, 13 and three in that same time span. Again, these are... Not flukes. Yeah. You, know, you right. get to him, you can get him flustered a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their points per game, again, when he's not sacked, they're 13-3. and three, mm-hmm. They average 30.2 points per game. Wow. Touchdown to uh, interception ratio, 36-8. to 36-8, to eight. wow. Get a 114.7 passer rating. When he is sacked four-plus times, 2-7, and seven, they average 21 points per game. 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, passer rating in 92.6. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the quarterback all, must go down. Must go down. But I don't want to blitz him. But you, you know, don't want to blitz him. Go back to what we were talking about. Which is why it's such a big deal that you got T.J. Watt back. Right, I would right, not right. want to, if I'm the Steelers, I don't want to play the Bengals without T.J. Watt. If this was a game three weeks ago, it's oh. massively different. You yes. Know, more so than the Saints game or yeah. next week's game or whatever. I mean, in this previous game, it's imperative to have him. Yeah. You know, especially if Chase were around. But either way, you know. Yeah. Right? If you remember in that game too, Watt had an interception. Mm-hmm. I think he had. He had. I think he he had got his hands on two different passes. He was doing a nice job of reading Burrow. Burrow talked about it uh, when he was talking about the Steelers. He said he did a nice job of reading my feet and just and, and getting up into the passing lane. And he ended up picking one of those passes off. It was a ridiculous play. 
was it two plays in a row where he almost took took the hand off and instead took Mixon's head off? Yeah. Was it a pick after that, or did he swat one after, after I think it was that. a pick I knew he after that. he got the hands yeah. on the ball on a pass. But it was obvious, back to our He's reading stuff, something. He knows what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, when he <laughs> we almost took the hand off for Mixon, he knew that was a run yeah. all day 100%, long. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and then the next play, he knew that was a pass going his direction, too. And maybe it was a footwork thing. Maybe that's the tell. You know, maybe it's, you know, Burrow sets his feet a certain way when he's going to do a three-step drop or a five-step drop or a catch-and-throw or a handoff. I mean, if you study these guys, you find these things. Yeah. The fact that Burrow said he was must have been watching my feet tells me that maybe they figured out that there was something with the, the feet. Who figured out the towel. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Could and be. then you try to play with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I mean, if, if the run was under center, does he have one foot back real heavy or something yeah. like that? Or he's not balanced or whatever it is. But there's something going on there. Yeah. And it's hard to correct those things. Cause you it really them, is because yeah. you do them because they're a habit. Yeah. I mean, you know. I'm sure you practice all week. And you, once you find out, boy, I'm, I'm showing my pitch or whatever. But, okay, maybe the first quarter you're fine. But yeah. then muscle memory hits. You get a little tired. Right, right, you know, right. You're so into I've the game. Life, yeah. And now they know and I got to fix it. So yeah. That'd be something to look for. Definitely uh, interesting here. Um, if you look at uh, the Bengals. Um, even more so. So Mixon had a big game last time out. Yes, against the Carolina Panthers, his second best running running game this year. Oh, it's brutal. Was in Week One against the Steelers when he had 82 yards on 27 carries. And I say he wasn't. He all was that three in, yards a carry. Impactful. You know, yeah, I mean, it was just a volume thing. Yeah, in a way, they kind of remind me of the Steelers in that their last, their most recent game was clearly their best running game. Yeah, ran know? the ball like crazy against yep. the Panthers. So we might look back, you know, 10 games from now or when the season ends and say, boy, that was the turning point. They started to really run the ball in the second <laughs> half of the season. Or we'll be like, remember that one time the Bengals ran it pretty well against the, the, the Panthers? Well, that didn't last. Or yeah. Steelers ran it all over the Saints. That didn't last. You know, so kind of a – have they figured it out or was it a fluke? The Steelers' run defense is now up to sixth in the sixth best in the league. 108 yards okay. per game, 4.1 yards per carry. I know old-time Steeler fans are like, oh, 108 yards, that's too many. Nice. In today's NFL, that's called stopping the run. <laughs> that's called stopping the run, right, right. And you, you laid this out well yesterday. I mean, yards per carry is up dramatically across the league. Rushing yards are up, passing yards are down. You hold a team to 100-ish, you're thrilled. Yeah. Oh, without I mean, question. There are only five teams in the league this year holding their opponents under 100 yards rushing. Yeah, Five. that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, if you remember, like, the 2008 Steelers, they were number one across the board except in rush defense, and they gave up, like, 70 rushing yards per game, and Minnesota 70. beat them by, like, two yards. That was like the Williams Wall. <laughs> yeah, right, they right, gave right. up, like, 68 or something like that. I remember that team because <laughs> I think Brady and New England played there on Monday night, and they th- they ran the ball, like, twice. Yeah. It was like Don't even try. Pa- and that, even, and that was all part of it. Now... The script has flipped a little bit. Teams were teams are willing to okay. We're going to get three yards here, but we're going to get three yards. That's what people are doing now. Yeah, like, that's not so bad. We're not. We're, you know, we're going to trust that over. You know, we run the ball over and over again. At some point, we're going to break one mm-hmm. in the fourth and quarter. As, that's five yards. Yeah, as long as we're not you know getting behind the sticks. Daniel Jeremiah, in fact, tweeted out today, and I retweeted this earlier. He uh, kind of went into what we were talking about yesterday. He said that. Uh, Seeing what's happening around the NFL, he thinks that more that the big two gapping D- 
defensive tackles mm-hmm. will be high, much more highly coveted in this year's draft than they have been in recent years. And since we talked, <laughs> the Eagles signed Linville Joseph and Namakong Su. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Most proactive, one of maybe the best team in the league. Maybe when you know, Namakong's phone started you know, ringing a little bit. You know? Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense. I mean, especially maybe if it's only one of them on the field. It might not be a Williams Wall situation right. or those Saragusa and Adams, you know, yeah. you know. But you put one in the middle of the field that can't really run, but demands a double team on inside runs, which the Bengals have. Yes, yeah, I mean, and that worries me a little bit on in- interior run with Reader. But I think that will be more in vogue. Yeah, sure. I'm of the belief, and and I write a, wrote about this for tomorrow. Um, you know, throwing going back to those numbers that I, you know, the power running numbers and mm-hmm. things that I brought up earlier in the week. If I'm the Steelers, I'm at least trying it. Oh, yeah, I'm coming out yeah. in my big package and saying, "Hey, uh, I don't care if Kenny Pickett yells across the line of scrimmage. Hey, we're going to run the fo- we're going to run the ball here. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to try it." I, I mean, I think that's very much the plan post Claypool. Yeah. I mean, a lot less eleven. You got to move people, right, right, right. And again, that doesn't mean Watt's going to be out there for fifty snaps. Right. Pullback Watt, not not TJ, um, or Gentry's going to play the whole game, or you're going to come out with eight offensive linemen. But I think you'll see a lot of different ways of putting bigger people, even a Boykin, you know, yeah. or, or Hayward. Those Which, by the guys. way, you still can throw the football. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Because I mean, the other team's going to get bigger, too. They're going to get bigger. And if I'm a – I would kind of take that approach for both sides, to be honest with you. Is yeah. I want Boyd, Higgins, Johnson, and Pickens against any of the corners you can throw at me. You know? Right. And if I can make that happen by getting one more guy in the box, uh, th- that's where my big plays might come. Yeah. Know? Like, I think Higgins could have a big game in this game. Yeah, 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 but I think Pickens and Johnson could absolutely have big games in this game. You know? Yeah, it's you know, all even if you don't run the ball, but you, you just keep sticking with it. It's all I mean, relative. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all relative. Who makes the big play? Who makes the big mistake? Mm-hmm. That's the uh, other side of that coin. No, uh, the Steelers are unbeaten this year, three and zero when they don't turn the football over. Yeah, that's not coincidence either. No, <laughs> right, <laughs> not right, one, right, right, not one bit. <laughs> no, not a coincidence. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Um, when we come back, we're going to have uh, Jim Wexel join yeah, us. Yeah, we're doing something a little different today. Jim's got a new book out. I, I've read it. It's really good stuff. Uh, so we'll talk to Jim when we come back. You can also check out the Steelers Week in Review. It's hosted by Wesley Euler. It's a recap of the previous game as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. New episodes drop every Tuesday. It's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with more right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.